Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hit and run Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Antenna 0 for 3 yesterday, but he's still got some pop. 17 home runs. And he takes a pitch that gets away. Merrifield will come in to score the game's first run. I'm not pleased with it, but I think after the first inning, all those pitches and be able to get through the a few more innings and try to save the bullpen a little bit. Overall, I think it was okay. Um, I'm not pleased with, like I said, myself, but. 0-2 fastball line to center, and Phillips is on the case to end the ball game. And a 1-2-3 ninth. McHugh does close it out, and the Rays beat the Sox 8-4 on this Saturday. I think I think anybody would say if you don't get the results consistently, it's, it's a lot frustrating, so. It's time for Hit and Run with your host. Hi, Chris. Oh, the drama. The drama of that. Hey, what's happening? Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Hit and Run. I am Chris Ranji. I am in for Matt Spiegel today, who is... uh, busy he's busy doing stuff i was told he's base jumping today i don't know if that's true but he's not going to be in with you as we do hit and run for uh, we've got bonus hit and run today as the cubs will play this afternoon at wrigley field in their finale against kansas city and the pregame show starts at twelve forty-five. so got a little bit extra hit and run This morning on 670 The Score. So glad you're listening in. We hope to have a good time with you. In fact, we expect it and we expect you to join in on the fun. Give us a call today or a text message. Here's the phone number 312-644-6767. The text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online and RosenHyundai.com. Um, Brandon Fryer is producing the show today. We're going to talk to Jared Willis, who covers the Cubs for the Chicago Sun-Times. He's going to join us this hour at 10 o'clock. Steve Stone, uh, you know him, and uh, you may not know that he has been recently voted, uh, well, he's part of a broadcast team that was recently voted the best major league broadcast team on television. That's right. Steve Stone and Jason Benetti. There was sort of a, I guess you'd call it an informal poll on Twitter done by CBS Sports, and uh, those guys won. They they beat everybody, and you know what? Uh, it's deserved because they're good. It's it's a fantastic 
broadcast team and getting to watch and listen to those two guys every single night, every day the White Sox play has been an absolute pleasure. Hey, by the way, I know you don't need me to tell you this because you've probably already talked about it yourselves, amongst yourselves, with your friends. The the baseball landscape in this town right now, as far as broadcasters go, pretty good. It's really good on on both ends, both TV and radio, both teams in town are really, really good. And you're going to hear two of those guys today um, on the score as the Cubs will take on the Royals this afternoon. First pitch at 120 from Wrigley Field. Um, Pat and Ron then, and you're going to be listening in to that. I know you will. So uh, really spoiled people in this town are right now. Great place to be as far as the broadcasters go. Um, And a great position for the White Sox to be in. And there's a lot of stuff that we're going to get into today. Um, I know the the season, for the most part, as it pertains to the north side, is just hugely disappointing after the start they got off to this year, being in first place for a while, and looking like, hey, maybe this is going to be a really fun year on both sides of town. And then things totally fell apart for the Cubs with that 11-game losing streak a couple of months ago, and we know the story of the season since then. But there have been some bright spots, and one of them is a potential... uh, I I wouldn't even call him potential because he is a Rookie of the Year candidate in Patrick Wisdom. They've had some bright spots, and he is one of them, and he is right there in that race. So there are some things that you can be happy about as it pertains to the Cubs, Meanwhile, on the south side of Chicago, a team that is in such fantastic position in their division as it pertains to the playoff race. And it's not really much of a race anymore. A lot of really terrible things would have to happen and all at once in order for the White Sox to miss the playoffs. They share, uh, well, they, they hold on to a double-digit lead in the American League Central. They are 10 and a half games up as play will start this afternoon. So two afternoon games, and just what a terrific position for the Sox to be in. And I was, I tweeted about this the other night. You could follow me on Twitter, at Chris Ranji, if you like. Um, But I said this the other night, that in the 10 years I was the White Sox post-game dude, never was the team that far ahead in the division. Every single year they were a competitive team, in the central, it, it was a dogfight. It, it was always tight. It was always a struggle. They had to scrap and claw and fight just to be at the top of the division or near it. And it must be nice to be here now toward the end of August and have this team actually in position where they can line things up the way they want to, getting ready for postseason baseball. And by line things up, we're talking about stuff like giving Carlos Rodon some extra rest. And I know he's been on the injured list now for a while, a couple of weeks. He's going to be coming off that injured list stint. And, you know, we don't know for sure, but the Sox are just giving him extra rest, right? I don't know if he was really feeling any pain, but he needed the rest. And that's the thing you're supposed to do for a guy who has not thrown 100 innings. And he's over, well over the 100-inning threshold already. 
but he hadn't done that in several years. So they're protecting him. They're in position to be able to protect him and his arm, and they're doing it. And I have no problem when teams do that. I'm sure Major League Baseball doesn't want them doing it. They don't want teams manipulating the injured list like the Dodgers did a couple of years ago and did it to perfection, just cycling players in and out throughout the season. I don't care if teams do that. I think it's great when teams do that. You know why? Because when you get closer to postseason baseball, it's better. The product is better when everybody's healthy, when when all of the teams are as close to full strength as possible. So I'm fine with teams manipulating the injured list. I, I wish more teams would do it because I think the product on the field is better when guys aren't exhausted when guys aren't pushing it to the absolute limits and they're gassed by the end of the season. So good on the White Sox for doing that, if that is, in fact, what they did, allegedly. Um, I'm fine with it. I, I, and I, I hope more teams would find ways to be creative, especially when you have this 10-and-a-half game lead, and that's the spoils for getting that far out in front of everybody else. You get to do this. You, you get to manipulate your roster and get it as healthy as possible as you get closer to the postseason. This is awesome. It's such a fantastic position to be in. And by the way, it does appear that Rodon is going to start this week coming up here. Um, they've got a series against the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a four-game series, and it is to be determined, officially to be determined, who's going to pitch in the finale of the series on Thursday. So the series starts tomorrow, but um, the the opening is on Thursday, and likely it's going to be Carlos Rodonano of Van Scowen of the Sun-Times had already pretty much reported that was going to happen, and it looks like Reynaldo Lopez is going to go to the bullpen, according to Ethan Katz. So that's how things are going to line up, and you know what? I'm I love it. I, I love that the team is in position. So what I tweeted the other day was I would have, uh, <laughs> and I don't mean this literally, but I said I would have turned in my mother to the FBI if I could have had uh, this kind of lead it, it, in August, on August 22nd. If the Sox, while, the, while I was doing that Sox post-game job, how awesome it would have been to have that kind of lead this late in the season. And, of course, the phone calls would still have been colorful. Um, I know you Sox fans. I know you'd find something to be upset about. And you know what? I love you for it. I love you for it. But I would have loved that. Just to be in this position where now it's like, okay, what do we do with ourselves? Let's just get ready for playoff baseball. Let's get things lined up the way we want them to be lined up and know this team is a playoff team. The one time a Sox team went to the postseason when I was doing that job was 2008, and they had to play two extra games just to make that happen. You know, like when I say fighting and clawing and scratching and doing everything you can to get to the playoffs, I'm not kidding. That That's what they had to do to get there uh, 13 years ago. It was never easy. Nothing was ever easy for the Sox, except in like 2005, when it was super easy, and then it became not easy when that 15-plus game lead 
almost completely fell apart. And I, I know people were totally, totally anxiety-ridden when you're getting into September and that lead just dwindles and now you're looking at the standings and you're going, oh, God, here comes Cleveland. This isn't good. And then they had that series about against the Indians what was maybe a week, I, I believe, before the end of the season and kind of locked things down. There was the Creedy double off the wall, and then it was, okay, here's some breathing room. Okay, everything's going to be okay now. So I, I remember that happening um, and that big lead being there and going away. If you're worried about that happening with this team, of course anything can happen in baseball. Weird things happen all the time. We're not talking about the same sort of environment. And the reason we're not talking about that, and I, there just isn't a team in the division to worry about like there would have been back in 2005. There just isn't. There isn't a Cleveland team or a Twins team that's scrappy and good or whatever. You don't have to worry about this that this year. This division is theirs. The Sox own it. And there's nobody to be worried about behind them. That's the difference between now and then and why this lead, it, it might shrink a little bit, but I, I don't anticipate we're, we're talking about a team that's going to totally blow this. Hopefully not, because then you'll play back this conversation and say, you said this wasn't going to happen, and it happened. I, I'm sorry, I just don't think so. Who in the division could you possibly be worried about taking away the central title from the White Sox. I just don't think there's anybody. So this is a totally, totally different environment. And what I would suggest to you is just enjoy this. Enjoy where this is. Get your mind right for playoff baseball coming up. And as it pertains to Carlos Rodon, one of the things that I do have some concern about, and we all know what he did the last time he pitched and had like nine days of rest or whatever it was, like just a, a huge amount of rest. He was fantastic after that long layoff. I would expect he's going to be back to that again. I'm just hoping they can get through the, the end of this regular season without him feeling tired again. And here's what the White Sox are planning to do, and they're probably right for this. There are a lot of off days between now and the end of the season. They don't believe they're going to have to uh, give the extra rest. They believe there are plenty of off days and extra days built in to give extra rest to the entire pitching staff. And they're right. If you go through and look at the schedule, now there's the four-game series against the Blue Jays after they wrap up with Tampa Bay today. Then the finale of the Crosstown series Three games against the Cubs at guaranteed rate field. Then this parade of off days starts. You got the off day on the 30th. So there's one off day left this month. They're off again on the 2nd. Then on the 6th. They're off on the 13th. They're off on the 27th. They are off on the 30th of September. And then remember, the end of the regular season is October 3rd. So there are a lot of off days. Count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven off days they're going to have from now until the end of the regular season. That's great. Such a good position for the White Sox to be in as they can 
get everybody as close to health as possible. You can't guarantee it. You can't guarantee they're all going to be healthy, but the, the environment is set up for them to be ready for it. And it's just, it's a tremendous position. And every day I'm watching these two teams in town play. And every day I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the Sox and where they are. And I'm, I'm just, I'm beside myself with how great of a position they are in and how easy it is to enjoy this right now. And I, I hope that most Sox fans are doing the same. Uh, I mean, you're going to find the thing to nitpick every now and then or the thing to be worried about, and that's legit. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can think about ahead of time and look at this team and try to assess what's going to happen when the playoffs actually start. There are a lot of things that you, well, I don't know about this guy. I'm, I'm not so sure about Dallas Keuchel in the rotation, and, and maybe they need to do something there, or I'm not sure about runners in scoring position. I mean, there are little things that, that you can look at. Maybe you're concerned about the fact they haven't beat a lot of great teams throughout the course of the year, and their record against teams that are at or above 500 is not particularly good. We've talked about this before. I think there's reason not to be so worried about that. And we will talk about that later here in Hit and Run today. Again with you until 1245 when the Cubs pregame show begins. When we come back, we're going to talk with Jared Willis of the Chicago Sun-Times. We'll talk some Cubs with him. I'm Chris Ranji in for Speaks on the score. Right now he just wants to get on and keep the Cubs going. Here's a bouncing ball to first. This is not going to do it. Santana runs over, steps on the bag, and the Royals have made it two in a row. The Cubs have lost 12 consecutive home games, which ties a record which they initially established back in 1994. The final 4-2 KC. going so well for the Cubs these days. Uh, another loss at Wrigley Field to the Kansas City Royals yesterday afternoon. They'll wrap up that series today. We got the call. We got the pregame. It all starts at 1245 right here on 670 The Score. I'm Chris Ranji in for Spiegel today as we uh, talk a little Cubs now with you. Jared Willis of the Chicago Sun-Times is visiting with us now. You can follow Jared at J Willis. And uh, you might be thinking it's, uh, you know, W-I-L-L-I-S. It's not. So replace the I's with Y's. And that's how you find him, at Jay Willis. You can follow him on Twitter as we go to the guest hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And Jared joins us now on Hit and Run on the Score. Good morning, Jared. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you this morning. Same with you, buddy. Um, I'm going to ask you about the whys, though. I don't, we've never talked about the spelling of your name. I love it. Uh, that's yeah. like that's like birth certificate, right? It's on the birth certificate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it's I, it's my Welsh background. Um, so apparently that's where my family's originally from. So um, hence the whys instead of the eyes. Like you 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 know you spelled out. It's pronounced like it's eyes, but yeah, it's it's the uh, blame the Welsh. I'm sure it's like really, it's it's probably so frustrating when you're trying to tell my name's Willis and they go, oh yeah, and they spell it. No, no, it's not that. Yeah. You can't find me on Twitter like that. 
Um, I'm sure that's super frustrating, but I, I love it. I love how cool that is. Um, Jared, uh, things have not been so cool for the Cubs. And yesterday, just a really weird day at, at Wrigley Field. And maybe the greatest source of weirdness, at least for me, is you've got this guy who's throwing a no-hitter through six innings in Chris Bubich, and then this lightning delay happens. And it's it's like a 34, 35-minute delay. He comes out, walks the first guy, and then gives up a home run to Patrick Wisdom. Mike Matheny, not happy about that. Do, do you think there was a mess up there, or was it just what they had to do? Yeah, I think... I think given the lightning, I mean, you just, you can't mess around with that kind of thing. Um, Cause the last thing you want is for something to happen for somebody to get hurt or worse. So, you know, there was lightning in the area. You could kind of see it off in the distance from where I was sitting in the press box. And I know that there were fans in the stands who were, you know, taking pictures and stuff. They could see it. So when that happens, that's, you know, that's the call you got to make because um, it's too risky otherwise. And, and it's a shame that, in the midst of this no hitter for a real young pitcher who, you know, was, was looking very much like he could, he could have finished this one off. Um, But again, it's, there's lightning. You can't, you can't just try to play through that because if that storm comes in, um, it might be too late. Jared Willis of the sun times is joining us on six seventy the score. And uh, you know, that aside, playing against a team in Kansas City that I think always likes to think they have a good young team and they're they're you know just a, a few good players from being a, a strong team in the division as you look at the Cubs just a general overview how close is this team in your eyes to being legitimately competitive again I I, I don't think very close at all um, now to, to some extent the the losing streak that they went on, you know, recently, and then now, like you pointed out, the 12, 12 straight games at Wrigley. Um, some of that is, I think, they're, you know, as a team, they got the wind taken out of their sails at the trade deadline. It's, it would be very hard to keep, just push that aside and, and keep playing through it and keep trying to win. Um, just mentally, when you have Rizzo gone and Bryant gone and Baez gone, um, so I think there's there was a little bit of that going on. But just there's some good pieces here, but if you're really talking about trying to be competitive, especially in the national league with like the Dodgers and Padres and teams like that, they're, they have, they have no real pitching staff outside of Kyle Hendricks. I mean, there's some young arms with potential. We saw one of them yesterday in Keegan Thompson, but you know, those guys are a ways off from being arms that you want to trust in like a playoff series. Um, and, and to say nothing of the lineup beyond, you know, a couple of guys, there's, so there's a lot that's going to need to happen if, if they're really going to try to like turn this around quickly, like Jed Hoyer has said. Uh, they, I guess, we would have to expect that they're going to be real busy come winter time, um, trying to rebuild this roster and, and make a short turnaround and get and get back to being competitive. You mentioned Keegan Thompson, who made that start yesterday, and I I sort of appreciated his post game where he's just, he's basically like, you know, not good enough. You know, I just, I just wasn't good enough. And for a, a young player to, to be able to do it the way he did it. And there was a little bit of, of confidence in him saying that I thought he handled that really well. What did you see from him? And, and what do you think the, the long-term outlook is? Yeah, I think yesterday's start was, you know, it was a good example of like, 
we've got to we watch these young players, these young pitchers especially, and th- this is about growth right now, and this is about experience. I mean, even Adbert Alzali, he's it's this same with him. He's experimenting with new pitches, and so sometimes we can't look at the box score uh, to try to get a gauge for what's going on with these pitchers. But yeah, I was I was pleased with a lot of what he did. I mean, he um, he he worked around a couple of tight spots in the early innings, you know, he, he went, I think, what was it? Four, four innings, which for a guy in his position, that's, that's pretty good, you know, to get that many innings out of him. So there's promise there. I think he's got some stuff, but even like he said, this is, you know, he's, he knows that he needs to improve and I'm sure knows what he needs to do. And so the next time out in five days, it's now let's work on the next thing. Let's work on this. And he's going to get there. So I am for, for a change. You know, I haven't felt this way in a while about the Cubs system, but they've got some arms. They've got some pitchers that I think there's reason to be excited about. Jared Willis of the Chicago Sun-Times with us on the score. And I, I mentioned earlier, um, there is a legitimate rookie of the year candidate in Patrick Wisdom, who is is really, I mean, is it, as far as it goes with the Cubs, a, a surprise um, I, I know that the Cardinals years ago, that their fan base and that organization talked a lot about him, like he was going to be something special uh, when he when he finally did make it to the big leagues. But now here he is with the Cubs doing this. It, if you had to vote right now, is he your rookie of the year? Or are, we, are you looking at somebody like India? What, what are your What are your thoughts on it at the moment? Yeah, I do think it's a it's a close. It would be I'd really have to sit down and look at like wisdom versus India because my my first reaction is it's it's Jonathan India but um, that might be to some extent colored by the fact that like the Cubs have been so bad because you know really like a, you you isolate what Patrick Wisdom has done and you're right he's, he's having a great season and I think it's the guy's finally gotten some playing time he's gotten a chance to be a, a, a regular in the majors and he's, he's showing what he's capable of. He's showing what he can do. And so, yeah, I think he's a very legitimate rookie of the year candidate. I'm sure he's going to get some votes. Um, but if I had to predict it now, I, I don't think he's going to end up winning it just because Jonathan India has had such a good season. It, I mean, if you want to look at the, the most important statistics or the ones that he's really standing out in, he's got 20 home runs in 76 games and he's played about 25 or more games fewer than India has played, than, you know, Tyler Stevenson has played, and he's still putting up numbers like that. He strikes out a ton. I mean, his clip is close to 40%, but, you know, you're talking about somebody that's got a ton of power and has showed it this year. Yeah, I think somebody who across a full season you might see, like, 40 home runs from. Um, Yeah, definitely – a lot of power and, and also like defensively, he plays, he plays a really good third base. Um, he's, he's a solid player. He's, he's one of those, like I said, that as they, they move forward and they're trying to build this next roster that they're going to try to win with, I think Patrick wisdom has earned a right to be a part of that. So um, perhaps had he gotten more playing time earlier in the season, these numbers would be even better than what they were, and we might be talking even more seriously about him as, hey, he's, he's your rookie of the year. Jared Willis with us on the score. 
how good of a job has David Ross done this year? I, I think he, he deserves to be commended for it because you know he's not going to win manager of the year, but um, to navigate everything that this team has gone through and to, and to pivot midseason from we're trying to be competitive, we're trying to win to I've, I've, I've got young players that I'm trying to help grow, that's, that's a tough thing to do. And I don't know how many managers in their second season and really their first full season – um, would be able to do that as well as he has. Um, and to his credit, he, even during really difficult stretches, his time with us, his time with the media, he's, you know, he's, he's been level. He's been the same. Um, so, yeah, I, my hat's off to, to David Ross. And I think when the time comes and they've got a competitive roster again, I, I think he's a guy who can really help them go far, you know, when, when, when they get to that point. You know, that was going to be my next question because uh, it, it happens all the time where you bring in somebody to kind of get you through the thin years, and then when the team is going to be good again, they go and find some yeah. other manager to lead that. I mean, do, do you anticipate that's their plan, that they do expect him to be around when the team is good again? It seems that way at this point. Cause it, yeah, he doesn't look, you know, I always think of poor Rick Renteria. Um, and you know, I, I don't, it doesn't seem that way right now. I think they, they chose David Ross from, you know, from the beginning when, when Madden left, because he was somebody the organization knew well, he had a track record there as a player. They've seen what he could do in the clubhouse. And no, I don't, I don't get the impression right now that when they do get better again, they're going to drop him and move on to somebody else. Um, because really, I, I don't know, and, and I guess that might be a question for down the road, but you know, who's realistically available? Um, but yeah, I guess at this point, we probably don't really know. But yeah, I, I think Ross has earned the right at least to try to manage this team when they're ready to win a division again. A couple of days ago, we get the official word, and we already knew it was going to be the Cubs and the Reds to participate in the Field of Dreams game next August uh, in Iowa. What, do, do you like that? I mean, I'm sure somebody who covers the Cubs, you're going to enjoy getting to go out there to see it. But um, how do you feel about them, those two teams being named uh, the teams that will play next year? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting choice. Um, I kind of thought that, you know, for the first one, why not do the White Sox and, and Reds and recreate the, you know, the famed 1919 World Series. But, um, you know, can't do anything about that now. But honestly, my, my thought on it is if you're going to showcase the Cubs on such a national, like a huge stage like that, then they better be a lot, a much better team than what they are now. Because, you know, we all saw the numbers after, after this first Field of Dreams game where they drew something, I think it was 6 million viewers for a regular season game. You, you just don't see that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm surprised a little bit that MLB has said, yeah, we're, the Cubs can be one of those teams that we're going to put in front of five or 6 million people. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's hope that roster is a little improved um, come next August. I mean, for me, yeah, I love to go out there. I had a chance to go to this first one and, and just went as a fan and watched and enjoyed it. And so to get to go and cover, it would be great, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I think let's, let's make sure there's a better product on the field 
for for one of those teams at least. I'd like to get your your thoughts on the bigger picture for the rest of this season, anyway, as far as the uh, National League playoff race goes. And and you cover the Central Division. You know, you see the Cubs every day, so you see a lot of these Central teams. The Dodgers are a right now they're a playoff team and they're a wild card team with 78 wins, which is amazing. Then you've got the Padres and the Reds who are tied for that second wild card with identical records, and the Cardinals are four and a half out. The Phillies are five out. How do you see that second wild card getting filled? Yeah, I think that's going to be a race that it's going to be tough for some of these teams like the Phillies or even the Cardinals uh, to to climb their way into that spot. Um, Between the two of them, though, I think – the Cardinals might be the team to keep an eye on just because they're playing in a division with, you know, the Pirates and the Cubs. And I'd have to look at the schedule to see how many games they have left against, against those teams. But, you know, they may be able to take advantage of beating up on some weaker teams and and work their way up. But before the season even started, you looked at the national league. I, I certainly didn't pick the giants to win the NL West. Um, but Dodgers and Padres were pretty clear favorites. And so I think the Padres are just, they're going to be real tough to knock out of that spot. And so the, in my mind, the other spot is, can the Reds hold on to that, that second wild card um, and, and stay in that race? Are they going to get bumped out by, you know, maybe, maybe St. Louis? Jared Willis, appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy baseball this afternoon. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. That is Jared Willis. He covers the Cubs for the Chicago Sun-Times. As I mentioned, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Willis, and uh, it's spelled with two Ys, not two I's, just, just so you know. So it's uh, uh, appreciate his perspective today. Um, that division, well, the wild card race, for me is, is really kind of interesting. Um, there's a pretty good race happening in the American League as far as the wild card goes, there, there's there's a, a bit of bunching up with about four teams that have a legitimate, at least in terms of the numbers, they have a legitimate opportunity with the Blue Jays four and a half out, the Mariners are four out, and then you got Boston a half game behind Oakland, and the two teams right now are the Yankees and the A's in the wild card race. But here in the National League, the Dodgers have a very comfortable wild card position. They are 10 and a half games in front of the Padres. So the Dodgers are the first team right now that would make the postseason. The Padres are the second team tied with the Reds. They're right now tied. They, they have identical records. Um, so the Padres at 68 and 57, same thing for Cincinnati. And then here's the Cardinals four and a half and the Phillies five back. So two pretty interesting races here. And I kind of miss the extra, extra wild cards that we had last season. And I know a lot of baseball purists, a lot of baseball old schoolers are not going to be happy when they finally do expand the postseason. Uh, I think I'm good with it, though. I don't know if I want 16 teams, but I, I think I'm good with it. Some kind of expansion when it comes to postseason baseball. Get more teams, more cities interested in September before they default to being nothing but football cities, you know, keep people interested.
Steve Stone coming up at 10 o'clock. This is Hit and Run. I'm Chris Ranji in for Spiegel on the score. And the 1-0 to Wisdom. Drilled in the air. Deep left field. It's got a chance. Gone. Home run to left. Cubs are back in the game. The first hit of the day for the Chicago Cubs is a two-run homer by Patrick Wisdom. His 20th of the year. And now it's a four to two ball game. Listen to these fans. It's been nice to see Patrick Wisdom having some success with the Cubs. A lot of power. 20 home runs in 76 games played, which is that's really good, especially when you look at the other rookie of the year candidates in the National League. And the guy who's next closest is Jonathan India, who's got 16, and he's done that in 114 games. We're talking like almost 30 more games he's played, and he's got four fewer home runs than than Wisdom does. Chris Ranji with you on Hit and Run until 1245. Zach with the pregame. Pat and Ron have the call of the finale of the series with the Cubs and the Kansas City Royals. we got a lot of White Sox talk coming up here. Steve Stone is going to join us at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, the first place White Sox, they're 10 and a half games up in the division. They are setting themselves up for the postseason. So a lot of Sox talk is coming up this morning on Hit and Run, and we're glad that you're hanging out with us today. Don't forget to download the Odyssey app, and that's how you can listen to the score. You can listen to the podcasts of the shows once they're done. If you want to go back, you missed something, um, you can even pause and rewind while you're you know, listening live. So it's a really great app. It's totally free, and you can listen to the score on the Odyssey app. So just go to Google Play if you've got an Android, if you've got Apple, then you go to the App Store and, and get that Odyssey app. Really cool stuff. So you should do that. Patrick Wisdom, I mentioned it, the 20 home runs. Here is the the way it shakes out right now. Uh, I know Trevor Rogers, the pitcher for the um, Milwaukee Brewers, or for, I'm sorry, Milwaukee Brewers, with the Marlins, he is a candidate as well for this award. And for some people, he might be the favorite, the left-handed pitcher. Um, but if we're looking at some of the players that are position guys, really what you're looking at is a race between Jonathan India with the 16 home runs, with the uh, 56 runs driven in this year, which is the most of, of any of the candidates we're talking about. And of course, that's in you know a, a lot more games than Wisdom has played. You're talking about Tyler Stevenson on the same Cincinnati Reds team. He's played 100 games. He's hitting 291 with a 377 OBP and a four or 453 slug. And then here's Wisdom. The batting average is not great, but I don't think people really care so much about the average. The OBP is not great, but where he's making up for all of it is with the slug. And he's slugging 546, which is outstanding. And it is far and away better than every other rookie candidate in baseball. Far and away better. I mean, Lamont Wade is looking pretty good, too, when it comes to that. He's at 530, but I don't, I don't know if right now you would consider him to be a favorite. I think he's in the discussion, um, Lamont Wade of the Giants. But I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's 
if he's going to to come close to winning this award. Then you've got Dylan Carlson. A lot of people have talked about him with the Cardinals, and they kind of expected last year that he would be uh, a potential Rookie of the Year candidate, and he is this year. But there is a case for wisdom to win this award. And I don't know how you feel about this. I am not necessarily a – I don't know – I. I don't care all that much about the individual awards when it comes to most valuable player, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. It's like I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I know the individuals might, you know, because you get bonuses. (laughs) Patrick Wisdom will get a Rookie of the Year bonus or uh, guys get MVP bonuses or Cy Young bonuses. So, of course, they care. But I guess it's nice to have some kind of acknowledgement, right? That that even in a down season, which is the thing that far and away people care about the most. They care about whether or not the Cubs are good. They care or not, uh, whether or not the White Sox are good. They don't really care that much about these postseason individual awards. But if a season isn't going well, it's still nice to have this. Isn't it? It's still nice to have something to celebrate. In a year that's been really difficult for Cubs fans, and I I know that you got to step back and have a little bit of perspective. A team that won a World Series just five years ago, that's, that's really not long at all, <laughs> especially for a team that took over a century to do it. Um, I think you'd say, relatively speaking, five years, not that long ago. Even then, this has still been a difficult season to swallow if, if you're a Cubs fan because of the way it started, because of where they were, because it did look like, hey, maybe in this division this year, with the Central not being all that good, who knows? Maybe this team sneaks into the playoffs even after trading away you Darvish in the offseason. Maybe this turns into one of those sort of magical seasons. And that did not work out. We, we we know the story. We know where they are right now. But it is at least nice to have something, isn't it? I guess. I, I don't know if it does a lot for a lot of people. But I think it would be a very cool thing to see Wisdom win that award. And, and especially at his age, he's, he's going to be 30 in a couple of days. Like his birthday, I think, is five days away. It's, it's not far. He's going to turn 30 before the end of August. And to have a, that would be a cool story too, to have a 30-year-old Rookie of the Year winner. And I don't know if he's actually going to win it, but I think it's kind of neat that he is in the conversation, that there is at least something here to celebrate as it pertains to the Cubs. And I know there hasn't been a lot of that this year. Losing guys like Bryant and Baez and Rizzo just kind of highlight how disappointing 2021 has been for this team. But at least there's this. Am I convincing you or no? Is this is this doing anything for you? Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'd like for you to be happy if I can get you to be happy. But if you're not, that's okay too. Text messages to the score are welcome. Here's one from a 630 The problem with more teams in the postseason is it means a longer postseason, which isn't going to stretch into November, will just shorten the regular season. So 
baseball traditionalists will be hugely disappointed because that's going to really screw up the records in the record book. Again, from a 6-3-0. Um, I understand that. Here, <laughs> I know I just got done talking about this individual award, and it's kind of cool to have that. But I also kind of don't have a... I don't... Once the home run record got broken in the 90s, and then Barry Bonds broke the, uh, the overall home run record for total home runs in the aughts, uh, once those two things happened, I don't really care that much about the, the baseball records. Like, that, that for me was the pinnacle. That was the end of it. Once those records were broken, I don't really care about another one. There are only two, actually, that I would care about, and neither of them are going to happen again. Cal Ripken's consecutive games played streak and then DiMaggio's hit streak. Those two are not going to ever be broken again. Maybe, maybe DiMaggio's, maybe, but I would say probably not. Definitely not in my lifetime. Can't see it happening. It's just, it's too difficult. Pitching is way too good. Not that it wasn't good then, but at I, so many strikeouts, uh, and unless the game changes in a dramatic way, I can't see that being broken because nobody's ever really gotten close to it. So not in modern baseball, not in a long time. So I, I can't see that happening. Those are the only two records I care about. And certainly if they limit the regular season or were to uh, bring back the regular season to what, like 156 or 147, which first of all, none of that's ever going to happen because there's too much money in individual seasons, too much money in individual games. They're never going to give up on that for each team. So forget about that stuff. But I just don't really, I, I don't really care about all of the other things anymore. I love the expanded postseason. I don't know if I want more than half the teams getting into the playoffs, but I would like to see more teams get in. Maybe 12. Let, let's, let's stop at 12 or at the most 14. And I think I can live with that because I think baseball needs to keep people's attention longer. Because once September rolls around, for a lot of cities, it's all about football. And I think baseball would do well to keep a couple of extra cities' attention if their teams are in the playoff race toward the end of the year. Steve Stone, he is one of the best broadcasters in baseball, and a Twitter poll confirmed that this week. He's going to join us next. I'm Chris Ranji. This is The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.